What's up, y'all? This is your host, Camille. Our topic for today is healing, and we're just going to go around the table and introduce ourselves since we have some new members. Hey, I'm Tori, you know, back for season two. Hello, my name is Julian, and I'm I'm new here. Hello, it's me. (laughs) Uh, It's Ryan again for season two this year. So excited to be with you guys. Hey, what's happening, everyone? My name is JJ, and I'm back for season two. What a do. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy to you know, hear about this talk. Hey, y'all. It's Ashley. I'm here for season two for the first time. And glad to be here. And we are season two's cast of Melanated Memos. Our first topic will be talking about healing. And, you know, we'll talk about what that means to us or what it looks like for us. How do we do that if we may not have had the best role models for doing that? As well as what we think is the most benefits of like healing as far as generational traumas and generational curses. So, Camille, you want to start us off? All right. So what is healing to me? Um, Honestly, that's kind of a hard question. But basically... (laughs) What healing means to me is just working on yourself and um, looking deep inside yourself through introspection to just um, figure out things that hurt you in the past and how you can move forward. Yeah, I would say for me, healing means just looking back at your past self, acknowledging what has happened to you, acknowledging your life experience in order to teach yourself how to overcome that and let it be a part of yourself in the future moving forward. What healing means to me, I don't really consider it as a, like an individual basis. I feel like healing is also a is about community care as well. Because um, I know there's like also talk about um, like the use of self care and how oftentimes it's highly individualized. Well, I kind of view healing more so as a community project. Yes, you're going to do like your eternal work that's a given, um, but at the same time. Um, I believe like there's also at least a community element to that. So, um, yeah. Um, personally, healing for me is um, coming to terms with the, the, the bad parts of yourself and then try to learning to live with them, um, but also just actually working through them to make sure that it doesn't affect um, your relationships with your friends, your family, uh, your significant other, um, Whoever is important to your life, essentially. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, healing to me is more rewarding. You gotta, it's like a reward, you know, because I care about other people and getting to have other people happy, have them straight is just like, you know, a reflection of me. And it makes me feel good to make other people heal. So I think healing is more outward. Um, for me, I'll say, I don't know if I really have a definition for it. I just like advice in regards to healing. I would have just like, just know it's a process. It's not instantaneous. You know, there's going to be some setbacks, you know, bumps you may encounter along the road, which is important that you don't give up and you continue to push through because, you know, you can't take everyone along for that journey. Sometimes you have to go it alone because, not everybody's always going to support your healing process or they may not understand why you need to heal in the way in which you do. And so just remembering that it is a process and, you know, it may be one that 
never fully stops and it's continuous, but just know that it's something that we all need to do at some point because holding on to like that baggage and stuff, it can really hinder your progress, your future blessings and all types of things like that. Just to add on to that, um, I feel it's also like important to like what you mentioned before about it being a continuous process. Like, you're never going to completely stop healing. You can't say, like, oh, I'm completely healed. Oh, I'm Superman. I can do whatever. Nothing phases me. Um, but I feel it's also important to talk about is, um, it's about learning and growing, or rather, learning and unlearning. And oftentimes, um, when you feel like you're like completely like past it, like there could be just a certain trigger that just like um, crumbles you down at your foundation, and and it's also just about taking, embracing um, your setbacks and keep pushing and just reinventing yourself as well. So yeah, I just wanted to add on to that. Like healing isn't something that is linear; it's a constant process. So whether you might be rising, you may be getting better, and then you can literally just drop off and you're still healing. It's just a different part of the process and you can still keep on going. You can't just give up right there. So, yeah. I can agree with that. I think it's also important when you're on your journey of healing that you give yourself grace and those around you. Like, you know, sometimes it's easier for us to give grace to those around us, but it's harder to apply that for ourselves if we're like perfectionists and things like that. So it's important to give yourself the same grace that you would extend to others and want them to extend to you. Nobody is perfect as much as we can try, some of us, and strive to be. But, you know, mistakes are a part of learning. So it's not always bad. Yeah, you can regret them. But remember, the biggest, the best thing you can do when you make a mistake is to learn from it and adapt. I definitely say that I agree with that. I'm definitely a perfectionist and I'm hard on myself. Um, because I think that I can fix everything overnight. Um, so I definitely think it's important to note that growth is linear and you're not going to figure everything out in one day. So it's just important to ride the wave. Uh, something that I want to think about uh, that I've remembered in the past from our lovely Black counselor, Joelle Wilson. I remember, <laughs> big shout outs. I remember he did this talk, one of his little chop it ups, which I love them. They truly are great. You can get a lot of wisdom from them, and it's just cool to connect with people in a different way. And so, in one of them, we were talking about like, how do you heal when you can't get that forgiveness that you're seeking from another person? And sometimes you have to realize you're not always going to get that apology that you're looking for. You have to learn how to work around that and continue your healing process and still heal even though you may not get that oh i'm sorry that you are looking for be it from your parents family or friends because you know sometimes as parents it may be hard for them to realize certain things that they've done have hurt you because they thought they were doing it from a place of love and so they may not see any wrong and they be like oh well i ain't gonna apologize because i wasn't wrong for that or they just won't apologize at all and you still have to learn, like, you can't allow that to stop you from healing. Because regardless, that's pain you still have to deal with at the end of the day. 
also just going off of that i want to distinguish between um just knowing what has happened in your life between actual healing because you can know that something is generational trauma or that your parents did this for these reasons um that you have this inner child that hasn't been treated in the way but it's still like just knowing that still doesn't mean you're healing it's just you pointed it out and you still have a process to go on rather than just accepting what has happened to you yeah to add on to that um like you don't want to intellectualize your um trauma or intellectualize like your trauma like what you're going through because like that oftentimes is a mistake people think that's healing but you're just pointing out your problem you're not really doing actual work you're recognizing it sure however in terms of like the actual groundwork and laying out because i know i'm guilty about this too where i can intellectualize whatever stuff that i'm going through but um as far as like the actual work it's hard like no one like comes down and like says oh healing is very easy it's like the yellow road and the reserve Oz. like you can just like crawl through <laughs> like it's like like you have to go some go through some trials and tribulations in order to get to what your inner child or like like your past you would have needed and like you can't simply just you know kind of dismiss it or intellectualize it and view that as healing is part of it but is not truly healing at least in that sense and it goes back to my point about how um healing is also um a it's also about community as well because i don't like the sense of individualizing healing yes everyone had to go through their own problems however it doesn't just like affect like us individually it also affects the collective as well so that's why i feel like community healing is more what i like to mostly describe it rather than just individualizing that as well so yeah i can agree you can definitely lean on your community be that you know your family or your friends like your chosen community or you know the one that you've just always had you can lean on them but you know there are some parts of your journey that you will have to do on your own you can't always go to them for it like they're there and they can support you while you go through those parts that's truly just for you but they're not always going to be there it's just it's hard like it's a community thing as well as a personal thing um okay so going off that tour before we go into that i also want to just say that um i do agree with your point JJ, about intellectualizing your um your um problem as you're going through healing but i also want us to remember that sometimes recognizing that that problem that you have within yourself is the hardest part for some people um, and the journey itself is very much a tough uh, situation. It's something that you're going to have to go through and you're going to have to um, really take some sacrifices and some hardships when you do that. But fight, but realizing what that trauma is for you can be the hardest thing for some others. And I think we should all kind of remember that in terms of that. But going off of Toy's point, um, don't allow you going through your healing process to be an excuse for the action that you do while you're going through healing. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things that I have is like, um, I understand you're going through a process of healing, but there's a way in which that you still have to treat people while you're going through that process. Like it's not an excuse for you to um, 
like you can't use it so they say you can't blow up on your friends because of some abandonment issues or something like that you can't really get mad at them for one other friends or for hanging I mean, out with other people if you do you gotta recognize you're wrong mm-hmm. and apologize that's part of the yeah, healing like yeah. you know we humans sometimes we gonna have the moments mm-hmm. where our emotions take over for control but don't use yeah. your trauma to justify it you still gotta yeah, apologize you, in that like, instance apologize and don't say like oh y'all know y'all know i'm still working on myself no like you know it was all because of this like like that's not a real apology no because that's an excuse yeah like it sounds like so like a terrible like way to like apologize is by saying i'm sorry if like if if the apology starts like I'm sorry if you feel this mm-hmm. way that is not a true apology at all because you're just being dismissive of that person's feelings and you're just saying it for the sake of saying it you're not really yeah. like driving into the harm. A good way to fix that is like you know instead of saying I'm sorry if say you know I'm sorry that my words made you feel this way that wasn't my intention not oh I'm sorry if my words offended you like that sounds like oh well my bad but i don't really care but if you say i'm sorry my words offended you it's like okay you understand those words were offensive that doesn't mean you want to take back your words it's just you didn't intend to offend that person with the words that you chose which i probably don't do a lot <laughs> I ain't gonna, i'm sorry i'm just I'm not a person to sugarcoat it i'm definitely guilty of things of like that like i I've, i found myself doing those type of apologies a lot myself and it's something that um, I had to catch myself sometimes doing it. I'm like, dang, I really just like dismissed their feelings about this. Like they just told me how they felt, and I was like, my bad. Like no, no. like you know, yeah. like, literally, yeah. just, just telling me how I feel is my biggest pet peeve. Like as a black woman, most times my family members, yes, my family members are the main ones who do this, who will make me mad and pissed off because they told me, oh, you mad? No, I'm not mad. Really, I'm hurt. Like really, I want to cry, but y'all assuming the only ang- the only emotion I have is anger. So now y'all done made me angry because now you're trying to tell me how I feel. So I'm like, well, bye. <laughs> yeah. Also, just going back to like the general concept of feeling again. Don't like get mad for this, but I feel like self care is very very different from healing or like self care night. So like. If you're procrastinating or like trying to avoid something, like slapping a face mask on and putting on some lotion at night is not healing. Like, <laughs> that's not healing. That's not healing at all. Like yeah. sometimes people say like they're taking a self care day, which is very very needed, but a lot of times like self care can be used to um, ignore like what you actually need to process. It's healing can be an extremely ugly journey. Do not be ashamed if you seek out counseling to help you along that journey. Like that can be a really useful tool because, you know, they gonna catch if you really kind of glazing over the surface of healing from this one issue. You know, you may think, oh, no, that's nothing I need to worry about. But realistically, below the surface, it's a whole lot more. But you kind of glazing over it, focusing on other things when the whole time that little thing that you thought was so little may be the root of everything else. So there's nothing wrong with getting help from counseling. Right, like, I mean, Solange try to work it away, she tried to run it away, try to do everything every time away, but just avoid, yep. <laughs> yeah, like, just like avoid, like kind of like avoiding like your past or your trauma or um, whatever trials and tribulations that happen in your life is not, um, at least it's not useful in terms of like 
the real nitty-gritty work and oftentimes like going back to self-care um i know i mentioned before how like self-care tends to be so hyper individualized to the point where it's not um it kind of dismisses like some of the actions um that or the impact you have in your rather than personally or from a community base so like yes self-care is important like taking time for you is important but i also want folks to keep in mind that it's also a collective and community um, portion as well. Um, but that doesn't, and like you have a responsibility in some form or fashion um, as far as your impact in your community, so. I guess, oh, I definitely agree with that, especially earlier when we were talking about blanket apologies. One thing I always heard growing up was, I'm sorry if I hurt you. And so now as an adult, that's something that I try to um, not do is just uh, acknowledge what I actually did and how the other person felt rather than just trying to give a blanket apology like, oh, well, I'm sorry if I did, blah, blah. All right. So like for those of us who haven't had a good example of like healing and things like that was something that you've done for yourself that you know was definitely you taking a step out there in order to start that process and you know you probably thought like oh i can't really talk to my family about this because you know they're not doing it or just was something new for you that you did for yourself for healing i started listening to podcasts um especially npr life kit and therapy for black girls um, which is a podcast by psychologist Dr. Joy Harden Bradford out of Atlanta. Um, just kind of get some advice on how to heal and how to work on yourself. And she gave journaling exercises and a whole bunch of other stuff, community check-ins, just to kind of start that journey um, and just cover topics as fit to Black women. Um, I also started listening to podcasts the same as Camille on um, Therapy for Black Girls, but then I realized that I was developing this thing she calls like superwoman syndrome. So yeah. I would go into therapy and say like, hey, this is this. I've Googled this. I got on the <laughs> This is what's wrong with me. Blah, da, da, da. And yeah. like, it's That's as like a superwoman syndrome and doctor syndrome. <laughs> 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 Literally. But like you try to like predict what's wrong with you just because you're used to fighting for yourself already because no, as a black woman, nobody is looking out for you. So um, a lot of what I did to start is just take a moment to slow down and rest, literally just rest, that's all. It's kind of like tough for me. Um, I'll say just say no and um, just like establishing your boundaries because not only just like from a professional standpoint or a personal standpoint, there's going to be a lot of folks that are going to demand a lot of things from you or like have certain expectations um, about things that like you're not fully into. And especially in a professional setting, because oftentimes like you have to say those things just for the sake of your own sanity and saying your own healing because like imposter syndrome definitely like has been a giant thing that I've been like working through and trying to navigate at times and you like sometimes you don't want to you feel like Clark can just um nothing phases you and you can just do like all these things and just being constantly busy um but 
I never really took the time to actually like heal and take a step back. So like for me, like the ability to say no and also just like saying boundaries for you or not having dogs have the same type of accessibility to you um, because you also just need time for yourself, for your loved ones and things like that. So. So just to tap on a small thing of what you said about saying no, I think something people also forget with being able to say no is you do not always have to explain yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You do not always have to explain yourself when you say no. And I know that's something that I have to work on a lot. And I feel like I really have gotten better at that because not everybody, I don't have to explain everything to everybody. And, you know, sometimes when you sit there and you explain yourself to people, you know, you're kind of like, letting them overstep their boundaries as well as you open yourself up for them to give a rebuttal and now you're like mm, okay fine i'll do it and you give in instead of standing your ground i think um like a big step that i'm trying to work towards when it comes to like healing is being able to sever ties with people like there's some instances where you get into these like relationships that that are just so so taxing like there's so much going on and it's like you know you're doing you you're chilling and then this person just like hitches a ride on your shoulder okay and they just keep eating at you they keep saying stuff they keep doing stuff and you don't want to let them go because if you let them go then you don't know what they'll do you know there's just some people that are like just not able to handle themselves on their own so you feel like at least for me i feel like i need to take that up and be like hey i'll help you but I don't know. There's always this like Superman, like Superman thing I got going on. Where, like I need to save as many people as I can, but it'll be like at the cost of my own health, my own sanity, all of it. So that's something I'm working on, being able to like split with people. Yeah, just, uh, just to add on to that, um, like I think it's just more so my. I mean, it's like some sometimes you can't be everything to everybody. Sometimes you like. I'm not saying you have your own limitations, but there's like certain bounds. Like if you end up having one of those like fix it type relationships where like you feel like I can like build and like hear this person from the ground up, like it's just, it's going to be just detrimental for like your mental emotional state in the long run. And I mean, kind of reminds me of like whatever like um, certain people that like jump into a relationship just trying to like fix the person to just like this like perfect partner um it always comes with a cost which especially like later on where things can be taxing and things like that but like that's just kind of like my small thing something i feel would be good advice for you and it's not something i said gotta credit this to dr valerie her biggest thing was telling us to help people from our saucer like think of yourself as a teacup and then you're on top of the little saucer yourself is a teacup so you got to make sure your cup is full and then whatever flows from your cup you can then help others with that with the saucers catching because if you're sitting here helping other people by giving other parts of yourself you filling in those holes for them by taking pieces of yourself and you creating holes within yourself and also just you can't uh, you can't help everybody because not everybody truly wants to be helped so if mm-hmm. that person don't want to be helped you're fighting a never-ending war that's going to go nowhere. You can't want it for that person more than they want it for themselves. 
But Ryan, what's something you've been doing? Um, okay. Uh, first, I want to say, like, Julie, I did relate to that um, whole situation. I also uh, suffered from that. Um, when I was younger, um, still a little bit now, but it's definitely got better for my on my part. Um, but my biggest thing, as far as like healing is concerned, is um, being emotional vulnerable, emotionally vulnerable, um, and expressive with my feelings. Uh, my family is not big on, uh, well, they are big on showing emotions, but it's one of those things where in my family, like uh, at some point, um, someone else in the family would degrade your feelings or degrade your thoughts on what you are excited about, what you're really sad about, something like that. Um, and so I've, of course, like learned that as growing up, like, you know, sometimes people are not going to be really excited about what you're really excited about. So there's no point in you being excited about it because who else cares besides yourself and stuff like that. So I've had that mentality for quite a long time. And so it was one of these things where I had to work on for me personally to be emotionally vulnerable it's like i should be happy about this thing and if no one else is happy for me i should be happy for me um and one of the things about that is just being able to express not only myself like just my thoughts and my feelings um but being able to just be comfortable in doing that and so um one of the things i've tried to do my best time is like um and I also that comes that comes into what like my humbleness is coming from. Like I don't I'm very humble in things like people praise me for certain things and I'm like, nah, there's nothing like that. You know, I degrade my own accomplishment. <laughs> and so now I'm working on trying to be more acceptable of like uh, allowing people to um praise me for my accomplishments, um, more so just thanking them and being excited for it, actually feeling good about it, um, and not feeling like uh is something that I shouldn't be um, happy about or excited about. If I get excited about something, I express it like, yeah, I'm very excited about this, da, da, da. Um, and it's gotten really better, and I'm glad that I've um, taken that step. But, like, freaking that out, because um, no one else in my family uh, realizes that um, they're taxing to the other person in terms of that. And so, like, um, I never had a great example of doing that. And someone else outside of, like, my – initial friend group uh even couldn't really figure it out like why why are you so uh shut off with your emotions like you get really excited about something and then you degrade it or you um you make it seem like less than what it was or you don't get as excited as you was at first or something like that someone had to point that out to me and then so it just took me uh a long time to like really um come to terms with that and understand what they was telling me uh and so it's still a process. It still is a process. You know, I still have to um, work on it in a whole, but me finding that out, and that's why I went back to my point, like sometimes realizing what that trauma is is the hardest part because that was the hardest part for me because mm -hmm. I wasn't sure um, what it was, like why I was so humble, why I was never um, expressive with my emotions and stuff like that, trying to figure that out. And so that was my hardest part. And so now my journey is to figure out um, – how I can be more expressive with my emotions and my thoughts and my feelings and stuff. And, you know, hope it, hopefully not let that get into uh, my relationships with my friends or my family and stuff like that. So like when my family get excited about something, I'm usually the first one to be very excited for them. Uh, I try to, um, if they're really sad about something, I try to empathize with them 
uh, and show them that it's okay to be sad, it's okay to cry, it's okay to do all of these things. Um, so yeah, so that was part of my, um, that's basically what I'm still healing from, but um, as far as the process is concerned, I'm really trying to just step out of my own comfort zone and just trying to be more special with, with my emotions. Um, if I do get excited about something, um, I express it like I'm very excited about this. Um, I, you know, try to smile about it. I try to enjoy it as much as possible. I don't try to um, get into my own head about like, oh, wow, you should be really excited about this because it's really like not that big of a deal. Like if I get, uh, I don't know, like um, if I get uh, ice cream or something like that. Be excited about getting ice cream. Like, come on, Ryan, just be happy that you got ice cream. <laughs> you know don't, don't degrade like it's just ice cream. Right? It's just ice cream. Why getting excited about it? You know, um, and it's just one of those things that um, I'm still healing from. But luckily for me, I figured out what that was and what that stemmed from. And now I'm trying to help my family also kind of realize what that stemmed from as well. Because some of them have um, emotional vulnerabilities that they don't know about, um, that they are um, repressing and stuff like that. So I'm hopefully what I can do is like show them that it's okay to do that. Cause I think I got the worst of it. I really got the worst <laughs> of it. So hopefully showing them like, it's okay to be emotional. It's okay to show your emotions. Hopefully they can heal them or help them in their healing. Like you said to me, so. That's gotta be, nah, but like for real, that has to be one of the easiest ways to kill a vibe, bro. Like you're like, oh my goodness, you know, I'm so excited. And someone's like, yeah, that's cool anyway. You know what I'm saying? It hurts so bad when they, when they just like, belittle your accomplishments or do anything of the sort like i love being excited for people i love giving good energy and just putting it out there you know what i'm saying and for that not to be reciprocated back to me it just hurts and it gets to the point where i like to keep my accomplishments and things of that nature to myself because like what's the point of telling anybody about them if they're not gonna care like i had plenty of friends that they would do like exciting stuff like, oh my goodness, you hit a home run. I'm so proud of you. But then when I dunk in a game or something like, I mean, see, that's all right, I guess. Like, I mean, I can do that too. You know, it, it's, it's frustrating. And yeah, it's something that I want to work on as well because I'm an excited guy. Like I, I, get, I get happy really easily, but it's on the same token it can be killed so fast when it's not matched mm -hmm. by other people, so. Um, okay, I say for me something I'm doing, like my biggest thing was definitely like counseling. Like when I wanted to start my healing journey, I didn't know where to start. And you know, I tried to get help from my mom, but like she wasn't much help because like she didn't know how to talk to her kids because her mom didn't talk to her kids. And so, and it's just like depression ran in the family. So it's like, yeah, I got it. And my mom, she like, her mom didn't talk to her about it. So she didn't know how to talk to me about it. So her solution was like, okay, here's some medicine, you know? And so it was really hard because it was like my senior year of high school when that like finally hit. And when I was trying to go through that healing process and it was finally like when I hit 18, cause I ain't turned 18. So after I graduated high school, I was finally able to like truly take control of it. And so I put myself in counseling, like, you know, before I couldn't do it because it was like, oh, my mom and I got to have somebody take me to these appointments and everything. But once I was 18, I was like, oh, well, I made my own appointments and everything. And it was great. And it was a big step because, like, I truly didn't want to use medication anyway, because I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to be in this false sense of happiness. I don't know if that's the medicine or if I'm really happy and I didn't want that. 
And so counseling worked great for me. And it's something that like I definitely push to like my siblings. Like when they tell me like, oh, this issue and that issue, I'm like, I was like, oh, you can get counseling. And like even now, like when my mom will say something or anybody says something, like trying to tell my siblings how they feel or whatever, I'm like, mm, no, nah, don't do that. You can't tell her how she feels. Like, no, nah, cut that. Like, so I love that I'm advocating for others around me, but I still struggle to do that for myself because like my siblings, they're a lot more expressive than me. I was the one who was like always in their room. I'm still that way now. And I just don't, I don't know. I just don't like, I don't like a whole lot of attention either. So it's like when I do have these accomplishments and things, I'm like, oh no, it's nothing. And I don't say nothing and people will be excited for me. And I'm just like, yo, okay. I'm not returning the excitement because I'm like, nah, it's whatever. And like that even applies to like my birthdays. And I think it started with when I wanted to have a roller skating party. And my parents told me no, that we had to go bowling and say because not everybody could roller skate. And I was just like, oh. And so like ever since then, I really like, Leading up to my birthday, I'll be all hyped about it because I'm like, yeah, this is going to be my day, da 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 But the natural day gets here, and I'm just like, okay, this this another day. Don't even want to hear nothing about it. Like, bro, can we just keep going? And even then, it's like when people recognize, like, the big accomplishments I do, I'm like, oh, okay, well, thank you. I don't know how to act in that situation because it's like, well, I'm like, oh, well, it's like I've just done what I had to do. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, you know? So I feel like that is a little hard and I, that's another thing I do need to like work on because I can like congratulate everybody else mm -hmm. but I don't know how to like praise myself and be like yes be proud of myself like other people I'm like oh my gosh you're doing so good I appreciate you oh I see what you're doing but then when it's me I'm like oh no it's nothing yeah. <laughs> and I just feel like it makes me feel in that way it makes it hard for other people to congratulate me as well because when they give it to me I'm like okay thank you I just seem so nonchalant about it when really like on the inside I'm like oh well I'm glad that you're seeing that like thanks but because I don't know how to praise myself I don't know how to take it from others and so that's something I definitely like have to work on I feel like for me one thing that I need to work on is um just like what Ryan was talking about about being humble it's hard for me sometimes to I guess kind of let people congratulate me, but more as, like, receive the congratulations because I'm really, like, humble and, like, modest. So whenever someone does, it's like, oh, like, the way I grew up is that when people congratulated you or kind of, like, just praise you for things, you know, it was always like, oh, you should be humble. You shouldn't be too cocky. So, you know, you should blah, blah, blah. And also, my family is very religious, and so everything goes back to Jesus. It's like if you complain, <laughs> if you complain, it's like, oh well, this person's dead or this person's homeless, and at least you have a house, blah blah blah. And so it always made it hard. You know, that's one thing I'm real thankful for that I wouldn't, I didn't grow up in like an overly religious family. Like, yeah, my grandmother had us in church and stuff, but like with my parents, it's like we'd be going to church real good and then we miss for some reason and then it'd be months before we go back. <laughs> and so I, I, like, I like it because our parents were never like, oh, just pray about it or brush it off. Like, I mean, they brushed it off, but it never was like, oh, you should be thankful and da-da-da and try and guilt trip me into feeling bad about how I feel bad and telling me I'm ungrateful and stuff like that. So I feel like I'm glad I don't have that trauma yeah. <laughs> to solve from. But I can definitely understand like why people's parents do say that. I will say though, like my journey with God is it's it's real it, it's touch and go. 
As in, like, I know he exists, and I pray sometimes, but, like, as far as reading the Bible and going to church, we, we ain't got the back there yet. Yeah. <laughs> we ain't got back And I feel yet. like, uh, for me also, another thing I've had to do, which has been really hard, is set boundaries with my parents. Oh, my gosh. It's been so hard. Because speaking of, like, um, when we're talking about religion and everything, or, like, being a people pleaser, my mom, I love her. She will text me, though, and be like, well, you didn't comment to somebody on your Facebook post or you didn't say blah, blah, blah. And then I have to be like, well, I'm not entertaining energy, energy I don't agree with, which is why I texted her the other day. Um, so that's been really hard, too, just trying to, like, set boundaries, you know, um, with religion, I guess, too. Like, it'll be at 12 on Sunday. My day doesn't start till 2 o'clock. And my mom text me and be like, I didn't see you on uh, church and Facebook this morning. I'll be like, I was in bed, sis. I was not awake. <laughs> True. So yeah, I just feel like that's something I've been working on is I mean still being humble, but knowing that I can still uh accept thanks and praise and everything, and that doesn't make me not a humble person. Um, because like I said before, it's just kind of how I was raised, and so it's hard sometimes to just accept when people um congratulate me on things. And second, I'm just trying to set boundaries and trying to just let my family know that like, hey, I'm setting boundaries because I appreciate our relationship, not because I don't. And so I'm trying to, like, this is what people in healthy relationships do. And so, you know, if you care about me and I care about you, now I respect your boundaries and you'll do the same for me. So. I feel like certain parents take boundaries as a personal threat to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, and I feel like it's because they definitely still see us as, like, their babies. Like, they still see us as their babies, but it's hard. Like, they realize, like, oh, they give us more responsibilities, but never mind, they're our babies. Like, even my family now, like, me, whole 23, I'll go around family and they be looking at me like, oh, you babysitting tonight? Um, y'all finna go to the bar. I'm coming with now. I'm legal. Like, no, literally, they looking at me and I'm just like, um, the new babysitter is the new underage little sister. Get her. Like, I'm not the, literally, like, and it was so... I don't know. And it took a lot for me to see that. Like, I really didn't truly see that they still saw me as, like, that little itty-bitty child that they used to, like, having to watch everybody else until I went home over Thanksgiving and took my boyfriend. And I'm like, y'all looking at me like, I'm basically, like, I ain't got my boyfriend here. Like, we ain't about to go do stuff. Like, that's so terrible. And, like, I didn't realize it until he said something. He was like, you know, your family, like, they real, they still see you as, like, a little kid. And I'm like, yeah. I very much realize it. And I feel like part of that is because they're all active on social media and stuff. And I'm just a close off. Like I'm not close to my family whatsoever. I talk to them when I see them, but that's about it. Like I don't really communicate with them because that's just how I've always been. And so whatever, they don't really know much. Cause I'm not sitting there posting everything on Facebook or this and third, like my other cousins, they be cussing on Facebook. Now they be like, Oh, popping out in these clothes and this and that. And me, I'm just like, all you see is when my parents post me. Because <laughs> I'm like, that's not my thing. And also, it's just like, I feel like also, I'm apprehensive to let them see that side of me. Because I feel like they're going to say something. And it's just like, I don't have time for the negativity. And I know any response I give, they're going to look at it as a sign of disrespect. So I feel like my family hasn't let me grow up. Like, I'm definitely grown up. But they don't see me that way. And so I think by dealing with that, by knowing that, I kind of deal with it by just, like, not being around and do what I want. And so I'm also, like, a very private individual, which really don't help because I ain't got time for everybody and their mama in my business. 
And so it's it's real hard, especially because I won't be like some, oh, do this, this, that, and the third. And she'd be like, oh, talk to this person. And I'm like, I ain't got that number. She like <laughs> Facebook. And I'm like, mama, you know I got a Facebook that I don't use. I'll tell you this all the time. Like, come on. Only time I know about Facebook is if you post something about me and it's something that I'm embarrassed about. And I be telling you, like, this is why you about to get blocked. I don't be knowing <laughs> nothing other than what y'all tell me. And I'm fine with that. Like, I'm not close to them. I'm close to the ones I want to be. Like, my grandmother, she knows. And my grandma, she knows. She treats me as my age. But my uncles and my aunts, they still used to seeing a little itty-bitty baby in diapers. They used to take around them all all the time. And I'm just like, that's not who I am anymore. Like, I know y'all know that because I'll be at my graduations and everything else. So, come on. Please. One thing that um, I heard Joelle say who we were speaking about earlier is that parents know that you're going to grow up. They just don't prepare for it. Um, mm. And so that's something that, like, I think, like, my mom, of course, knows that I was going to grow up and be older. Like, you know, I'll be 20 in March. And so she knew that I was going to get to this point, just like my dad knew that, but they didn't prepare for it. So when it happened, they didn't know how to deal with it. Um, I'm also the oldest. And so I'm kind of like, not the test tube baby, but like I'm the trap run baby. And so, baby, not test tube is the wrong (laughs) word. Uh, (laughs) Unless that's how they make it. Uh, You think you're the guinea pig. Yeah. You're the guinea pig. Yeah, I'm the guinea pig. I definitely wasn't made in test tube. But (laughs) (laughs) my parents, I mean, they're figuring everything out with me. And so my sister's kind of getting the more like, I don't know, like they know what they're doing more a little, I guess. More than but, a little. More than a little. Yeah. So they're we're figuring out with me still. Um, and so yeah, I'm just trying to give them grace. But also, I mean, they knew I was gonna be grown. But like Joel said, they just didn't prepare for it, which is what a lot of parents do. Also, I would like to say if my parents are listening to this, I'm not grown. Like I'm grown, but not so grown that I don't still need y'all help. Right. Yeah, that part. <laughs> Hey, when people say I'm grown and like when my siblings be like, oh, so are you grown? I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm grown, but I still need their help. Bye. Yeah, that part. <laughs> don't get me cut off. <laughs> no. Yeah, but sometimes I know, it, I think it's more so like recognizing some of like your own toxic traits or like how you can kind of um, um, see that like in your parents sometimes. So... Like, I know like myself personally, I'm sometimes I'm, I'm a little too much like my dad. And uh, <laughs> like sometimes like wherever I like see wherever I see something or I piece something from my dad that was um that I know is like way wrong, it's like toxic. I can't believe myself like, do I really do that sometimes? Question mark. <laughs> um and or, or like something like from like my parents or anything like that. Like even just like um getting to know my dad a lot more um especially like now that uh, i'm you know grown with the average mark um (laughs) is like i I started to understand like how his relationship with you know my granddad was why because like emotional availability was definitely something that my uh, dad is continually working on as with myself too because i didn't realize how like emotionally unavailable or just dismissive sometimes the way i was but um like until, cause I remember my freshman year, my freshman year, I was not um, the most receptive, even though like I, you know, I like established my boundaries and that sort of thing. I wasn't very um, as understanding, even about like things that like 
I thought I have like a dress and that sort of thing. Wherever it's being brought up again, I'm just like, why are we addressing this? Right, yeah. So why are we going rehashing this again? I thought we put this in the back burner, but um and there's like a lot of things which I've know I could have handled better, even like during that time, but wasn't until like way later on when I realized, ooh, yikes. I can see I can see why like you're on some toxic shit, but um, at, at the same time, it's also knowing to establish your boundaries, but also like um, saying what you need to say in a diplomatic or a better way instead of just um, being dismissive and very emotionally unavailable. So um, it's just more so just recognizing like sometimes your parents' faults can like be passed on to you and sometimes you don't even know it. So Ooh, yeah. I get it from my mama. Honestly, this is yeah. why we don't get along if we in close quarters together. Like if we live in the same house and it ain't enough space in between us, we are inevitably going to butt heads. Like if I go home for a week, by day three, she getting on my nerves and I'm ready to pack my stuff up and go. <laughs> because our personalities are too too alike and it, it's more like than i truly would admit it because i was like no 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 but then my dad was like mm, yeah y'all alike y'all act like this and that and so it's like i hated it because it's like i see these things about my mom and i'd be like oh my gosh i can't stand this and i can't stand that whole time to find out you do that same thing so i was just like oh so those are definitely things i had to change i'm glad that i have been i just wish now that I know, like, me and my mom have these similarities, I don't know how to still be able to communicate with her the way that I want her to be able to understand what I'm saying. Because, mm-hmm. like, however she hears something first and interpret it, that's it. There's no changing yeah, it. Yeah. And it's like, even though I know this, I still don't know how to yet communicate to where she understands it. And so it's like, when we do butt head, it's like, okay, I can understand because I know I used to be like that. So I can understand why she's reacting the way she is. But I don't know how to, like, navigate it after that and like fix it so that's something i'm still working on but yeah we are more like the, of our parents than we really think we are and if there's something about your parents you really really don't like you yeah, need to try and make sure yeah. you ain't doing that same thing because you probably are and you don't even know it or you're doing like in a lesser degree yeah like that's also that's also important too because like i don't want folks to like feel like, like oh we're like carbon copies of our parents like no like like we're still like our own individuals and like we can hold our own weight so just sometimes it could like peer a little bit kind of like a small crab just like going to light you can kind of see it it's what we've learned from our environment on the it's part of healing is unlearning some of those negative toxic behaviors if they are toxic yeah i feel like we're about to say something uh sure i guess um i think one of the things because all of you touching on the same thing, like, I think we all just need to realize that uh, one great healing process that everyone has to go through is, like, uh, parental healing, essentially. Like, you have to be able to heal from what you learn from your parents because you are carbon copies of your parents, regardless of what you may think or how you feel. Yes, you're your own individuals, but you have those traits and those habits that you have to heal from because, uh, 
And of course, like not everything you get from your parents is bad, but for the most part, you have to find those toxic traits and you got to heal from those. Um, and it's just one of those things where, like, um, as far as a healing process, that is the biggest healing process for everybody in terms of things. Because most of the, because most of the time, most of your trauma, most of your things you're going through, is either something your parents either went through when they were younger, and then it just passed on to you, or is it something that you've learned from them that you just have to break? Um, in order to like make sure that you don't pass on to your kids because the more you pass it the more these things get passed passed down the worse they get um like and my dad is uh, not close to his father at all and i'm not close to mine but i want my children to be close to me because i don't want them to feel like um they can't ever come to me or like talk to me when they need to like i don't really talk to my dad but i'm learning to um communicate with him a little bit more in terms of things and you know having that insight from him although i don't agree with most his insight of course but having that insight from him it works because it helps me understand like my way of thinking because some we have some similar way of thinking and it helps me understand like okay i see why i get it from why i think like this um how can i think differently or can i use that and hopefully like you know shape it into something better or something like that like you know just having those but having that parental healing process like learning learning from it and uh makes you understand it it helps in your own healing process um sometimes um, not all the time sometimes not always the root of things but it can be for some people um and i think that's something we should all realize and that's something you all been touching on this entire time so yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. in the movies when, you know, people be laying on that therapist couch, it was like, so tell me about your childhood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now that I'm older, I realize what they mean by that. Like, before I was just like, I always wonder, like, oh, and, you know, the person be like, well, what does my childhood have to do with anything? But now that I've gotten to the age where I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm trying to work through it. I'm like, okay, yeah, like, you really got to start at the beginning to pick up those things you forgot. Because sometimes you may have trauma blocked some stuff out, and then you randomly get triggered, and you're like, what? And then you don't realize it. Uh, but yeah I agree like a lot of my childhood I just like blocked out and yeah I trauma blocked my childhood to the point where I like it was like I had no like personality because I was not accepting those parts of myself and um that's something that you really just have to work on you just have to tap into like who you are and it's not easy after just ignoring like your whole self for all your life And then another thing that I've been thinking about just hearing all of you tell what you're working on is that respectability plays a lot into um, trauma in the Black community in general because you're trying to like please your parents or like make them feel comfortable and that's just not feasible all the time like we don't have the energy to do that like so just yeah free ourselves from the shackles of respectability please. Yeah we keep touching a little bit on people pleasing it's a hard break it's a hard habit to break if you have that habit but it is necessary because again you cannot please everybody there's always going to be somebody who's unhappy with something that you are doing you can't please everybody and honestly if you live your life trying to please everybody you're not living your life for you you're living your life for all those other people and we only got one life to live you know unless you believe in reincarnation after you die and you come back as a butterfly an orange or whatever that's your choice. Uh, yeah, we only got one life to live. Do you really want to spend it living it for everybody else? And that's something I've had to learn because, like, 
oldest daughter. Oldest daughter. Oldest female grandchild. Mm -hmm. I felt like I didn't even have a choice in college when realistically I wanted to take a year off before I came because I was like, mm, I ain't ready. But I didn't feel like I had that option, so I did it. And now it's like, oh, well, I ended up having to take off that year anyway because of my mental health. So it's like, well, if I had listened to myself despite what everybody else was saying to me and allowing all those outside voices and feeling like I had the weight of the world and all my siblings and my younger cousins on my back, I would have took that year off. And then I would have been perfectly fine. So it's like it ended up happening anyway because of that. But living life for me now, it has been so much more enjoyable. Like I am happy to be like, oh, when somebody asks me, oh, what are you going to do after this? Or what are you going to do after this? And talk to like when my family asks me about college and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do after I graduate. That is so liberating because I always was just like, oh, well, I'm going to do this because I know that's the answer they expected from me. And then I go and do those things, but I wasn't necessarily happy or I was like, oh, my gosh, doing them. Like, oh, I just want to quit and everything else. Living my life for me has been so amazing because, like, ooh, especially, like, a big thing with, like, my mom and going back to Camille and talking about, you know, being the first child, you're a guinea pig. I definitely was a guinea pig because my parents, like, all they knew was, like, you have to go to college, you have to go to college. And, of course, I wanted to go, but I didn't want to go right away. And so now it's like, dang, it's looking like I'm going to be the only one of my siblings that go to college because my brother, well, we knew school wasn't for him. And now my sister, she just graduated in May. And she's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But it's like my parents, like, my mom's not pressuring her and down her throat like she was with me and everything like that and so it's like bro I got student loan debt because I was because I was people pleasing for my mother and living for her and everything I literally have $10,000 she not gonna pay that I gotta pay that <laughs> she got her own student loan debt so I literally have went and got student loan debt living for other people and not myself and so thankfully now my parents they have learned a different way and also again my siblings are a lot more vocal than I am. So that was another thing, being the little kid that went through and grew up during that time of kids are seen and not heard. I, yeah. like, I'm starting to learn how to speak up for myself and truly live for myself. And it's truly a great and powerful feeling. Like I feel like that has been the biggest part of my healing journey that is still going on. But I feel like that is my number one major accomplishment. I'm not living for other people i'm truly living for myself and doing what makes me happy like yeah i make up some errors here and there where i'm like oh dang maybe i should have listened to them that one time but now i know and at least i can say i experienced it because before i would have just listened to them and then it's like so many opportunities and things i would have missed out on because i was so busy living for other people and not for myself and i mean i know some people out there who's not happy with everything i do but again they're not paying my bills period <laughs> One thing I also have to say is that one thing I've learned as I've gotten older is just that, um, like, how you know your grandparents isn't the same way that your parents knew them. And so that kind of helps me give my parents more grace. Um, for instance, with my dad, the way I know my grandparents now is that they're very good at communicating and being present mm -hmm. and all that. But the way he says is that his dad wasn't emotionally available when he was growing up. So he didn't really have to know how to be most available to his kids, especially me. Now, the way I see my grandpa now, it's like, no, nah, that didn't happen. Like, whatever. <laughs> like, there's no way in the world they were like that. But for him, he was like, growing up in the 80s as a black dude, his parents, I mean, his dad didn't really hug him or say that he loved him. 
we need to hear it. And so then he really didn't know how to do it to his kids. Um, from what he said, and then for my mom, uh, the relationship I have with my grandparents is totally different than her relationship with them. So I'm just kind of noticing that, like, you don't really, like, you know your grandparents is your grandparents and not as your parents' parents. And so um, it can be harder when you're younger to understand where they're coming from because you haven't experienced your grandparents outside of that. But as I've gotten older, I've seen more of who my grandparents are and that they're just people too. Um, and also going back on what Tori said about college, that's one thing with my sister that I know now, like my mom will be like, you need to tell her about college. So this she want to go. And I'm like, if she doesn't want to go, she's not going to go. College There's nothing is I can do. not for everybody. Like My cousin, my older cousin, he was definitely better than me in that sense because he recognized it sooner. <clears> like <throat> he, he, he tried his one little semester to please his mom, but he was like, after that semester, he was like, yeah, mom, it's not for me. I did it for you and I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. And, you know, so that's true. And what you're saying about how, you know, knowing your grandparents, is different than like the parent that your parents had i see like i truly understand that now because like when people be on facebook talking about some bro my grandma always my mom always telling me don't whoop her grandkids but she whooped me and this that and the third <laughs> every time she's like don't be hollering at that boy and everything else it's so funny but it's true because like my mama can't tell me nothing with my grandma around like if my grandma around my mom ain't even my mama <laughs> she's not like i will call my grandma i'll be like mom so it is truly amazing if you can see, like, if you can speak to your parents about, like, how your grandparents were, that can also tell you a lot of, like, issues that you have with your parents and, like, how they parent you. You can realize that it stems from their own childhood and they didn't heal from that trauma. And so it's something that they just mm -hmm. continue to pass along. So honestly, the only reason why I know that my mom doesn't know how to talk to us because my grandmother never talked to her. It's because of my dad. Like, he had parents that talked to him. I'm lucky that my dad can talk to us and everything like that. Like, he's truly shown me the type of parent that I want to be for my kids because it's a great parenting style and he ain't have to beat us. Like, I got whoopings. Trust, I got whoopings. But, like, my dad, he talked to us and it's like watching it. I'm thinking back, like, on them times, like, when he talks to us, it's like, yeah, I really understood. I actually got it. And so, I mean, that's not to say all kids do not learn just from talking, but there are other things you can take away. Take away some of these luxuries that they think are necessities mm -hmm. instead of putting your hands on them. Because let me tell you, I got plenty of weapons for my mom. Do I remember what it was for? No, <laughs> not at all. I don't know what the lesson was. But if you ask me about a time where I got in trouble and how I took that and I remembered it and everything it's always gonna be a time where my dad sat there and talked to me about something over the times where I got a whooping and so my dad being able to tell me that my grandma don't my mom doesn't know how to talk to me because her mother doesn't know how to talk to didn't know how to talk to her it helps me understand and give my mother more grace because like I got the birds and the bees talk from my dad I got that whole talk about periods and everything I learned that from that school. My mom never had that conversation with me or any of my siblings because her mother didn't have that with her. And so I'm like, okay, dang, definitely want to have that talk with my kids. But it makes me give my mother a little bit more grace when she's having a hard time communicating or when she doesn't communicate. Because it's like, I know she loves me. She just can't communicate it because ain't nobody communicated to her. So she don't know how to do it. Well, with my dad, it's like, 
it's like a similar situation, but um, it's like flipped on his head. Like my dad's dad, he worked all the time. So he never really got to you know, communicate with my dad. So rather than carrying that over into his life, like my dad tells me all the time, he's like, I could be working all the time and never get to spend time with y'all, but I choose to have the job that I do and work the hours that I do so I can have a good relationship with you guys. And as a kid, I was like, why are you not getting money, dad? Why are you, why are you, what are you doing now? But now that I'm like older and stuff, it's like, dang, I appreciate it so much because there are so many good times that we'd be having together that like couldn't happen if he was always working all the time and yeah younger just... you was probably like oh this man didn't told me no because i didn't ask for this he ain't got the money <laughs> right. go to work no, then. Go, go, your, go to your job what are you doing <laughs> but yeah as you as you get older it's just it's so man i don't even know it's unfathomable how you just start to understand how your parents function when you get older because as a kid you're just like so it feels like you just got tunnel vision as a kid like you don't know why everything is happening and when you get older it's just really really eye-opening like i love my dad so much for the amount of time that he decides to spend with us rather than you know be a paper chaser he's like but when y'all are at the house though that's when i'm gonna be taking my trips to the bahamas that's when we're going to Jamaica. <laughs> i'm just gonna make sure y'all straight first and then i'll be on my way but i just appreciate my dad so much for what he's done and my mom but, that honestly makes me think about how, like, when we're younger, our parents was like, oh, I used to be young, too. And when you're younger, you really don't believe that whatsoever. <laughs> but then, like, once you get older, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, all we see is them laying down all these rules and doing this and doing that. And we don't think about how, like, dang, they really was where we used to be at. They used to want to do some of the same things we did. Like, I used to hate when my parents said that. It was like some... I used to be like that, and da, 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 da. and I'm just like, nah, because I couldn't see them outside of being my parent, but they yeah. definitely have a whole life, and my mama thinks she grown, and she not, like, you got a curfew, <laughs> <laughs> like, you got a whole curfew, I don't know where you thought she was going, but she's gonna go get back in the bed. Yeah, another thing, going back to what Tori was saying about um, her dad talking to her and explaining things, uh, reminds me kind of of these parents I know on Instagram, DeVale and Kandine Ellis. When they talk about whooping their kids, uh, one thing that DeVal said is that no whooping ever ends without a conversation. Um, so he won't just whoop them and then have them go about their way, but he'll explain why it happened. Oh, wait, um, I got a question. Is this one of them whoopings? Is this one of them conversations where every word has a hit of no, a belt on your butt? Because no, I don't remember none of them. No. I just, I just know what happened, but I don't remember a single word. Like, uh, yeah. Nah. Yeah, it would. Yeah, I would need an actual conversation like after it was over. Like, do not try and talk to me while you in the midst of swinging mm-hmm. this belt on my behind. No, I'm not gonna remember no, none of no, it. No, like a conversation after the whooping. Okay. To kind of explain like this is what happened, and then he'll hug them, and then. Oh, so he yeah. apologizes because all yeah. we got was come eat. <laughs> come eat, baby. Them naps you took after crying from a whooping, you didn't think you didn't slept for a whole three days. Mm-hmm. It ain't nothing but an owl. <laughs> um, I just have a, I have a just question uh, for you guys, but like, what are you guys the views on like actually like looking at that sort of thing? Because like, I, I don't know, like a better part of me say like I probably should not be whooping my kids. I really shouldn't because that's mm-hmm. no, because like the type of like trauma that I went through, especially with like my my parents whooping me, it's like 
yeah, no. Like, I'd rather just try to communicate with my kids. But I always have, like, I always have this conversation with my younger brother. And he's like, look, some some kids just don't want to listen. Sometimes you just got to, you know, put a hand on like, like, bro, no. Like, I, I don't I don't want that to happen. Like, I don't want to know you're wrong. I won't say that I won't with my kids. I definitely will talk to them first. But if I have myself, like, repeating that same conversation and simply taking away things from them that they enjoy don't work, I will not say that I will not with them. I may, I may with my kids, but that's not going to be the first thing I go to for sure. Yeah. Because, yeah. oh, yeah, definitely when you say some of these kids out of hand, they definitely are like, my little cousins, they used to get whooped. And my mom, they aren't with finish whooping them. And her, they mom be like, you want some more? And we'll look at her and be like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> see, that's what, like, that's yeah. my point. Like, Ain't no. Uh, <laughs> like, she's one of the ones that, you know. Whooping yeah. will not work. That's Whooping won't even work. Talking won't work. Nothing. Like, you just got to beat her. Yeah. <laughs> not that um, Well, for me, working with kids, because I used to work at a summer camp. A um, bunch of white kids and all that crazy stuff. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> So, you know, working with kids, it has solidified my belief in whooping the child. But it also has, but at the same time, though, it has opened my my mind to, like, the different forms of discipline with children. And so, like, for me, I'm glad I got that experience so young now because when I grow up and do have children, I don't want to constantly have to be whooping them and then not having a conversation after. No, I would rather have a conversation first. I'd rather do other techniques. Um one of the best things I've learned about working with kids, like, sometimes you got to embarrass them. Like, you don't have to listen to whoop them, and you don't have to talk to them. Sometimes you got to embarrass them. Like, mm-hmm. one of the biggest things about kids, like, and even teenagers, teenagers, for sure, you just have to embarrass them. Like, once you embarrass them, they just learn their lesson at that point. Like, I'm not going to do this again because you're going to do this crazy stuff, and I got time for that. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so for me personally, like, when I have teenagers, for sure, I'm just going embar- to embarrass them. Like, you know, embarrassing from their friends and like that, like, Small embarrassment, but embarrassing enough to like you know their friends like laughing them because at that point they get the they get the message, and then you have a conversation after with them afterwards with kids. Um, but my nephews like I really do not hit my nephews as much like as my brother does or my mom. Not even my mom hits them really, but well, as their parents do. <laughs> but <laughs> but you know I and but she's of course she's got as she's get older you know she's get more impatient and stuff like that. So it's happening more often, but it wasn't as bad as when like she was younger or whatever. But nevertheless, I don't hit my nephews as much. I yell at them and I use a forceful tone with them and stuff like that and. But I do have conversations with them as much as possible, as much as they can understand the conversation. Um, but for the most part, like, sometimes you got to tell them, like, hey, go sit the fuck down. So when they come, <laughs> like, sometimes I just lock them in a the room with nothing in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, just lock them in the room with nothing I, in there. And they just, like, and that's right. it. And that's, that's just sister. takes. Yeah. My sister, she definitely gets a Like, she really don't. I don't know. I feel like she be putting on the front for us. Cause she be acting like her mama be beating her, but like baby, we all know her mama's not beating her. Like, no, her mother's not. But like Naya, she be fronting. She definitely be putting on the front. Cause she be acting like she don't want to go home when we about to take her home. Like her mama just mean to her. She be like, no, because mama mean to me. Girl, stop lying. Cause as soon as I pull out this driveway, you finna tell her everything we did. I'm finna be too super excited. But like she definitely gets to talking and talking. She is a sweet little curious thing who has a big big memory like i could call her right now ask her what we did the last time she saw me and she'll tell me everything but she is she's real sensitive too so like 
if you just yell her name, like if I be like Naya, Naya, Moo Moo, Naya, she'd be like, huh? <laughs> Ready to cry. And I'm like, you're fine. Like, and the first time she stayed the night with me, like in a long time, she was like scared. And I was like, okay, you got to use your words. You got to, like, you got to worry. Because I know, like, some years ago before I learned, like, you can talk to kids and everything. I would have left her in that room, turned the lights out, said, baby, here go your tablet. You can cry yourself to sleep. Don't care. But, like, now I'm like, okay. I'm like, no. Use your words. Like, you're not going to be in trouble. But I can't fix what the issue is if you don't talk to me. And so I've definitely learned patience. Because years ago with my other siblings, I ain't have none. I I really didn't. I'd be like, get out my face. Go sit down. Shut up. Like, all of that. That was truly me. So definitely patience comes with age and I thought I didn't have any but I've learned it but there are still them kids out there who just don't listen some some kids just won't act right until you cuss them out <laughs> some just won't act right until you cuss them out like and I know I used to hear my mom say that and I didn't understand until now I be looking and they be saying stuff to the kids like sit down sit down sit down and as soon as they get cussed out they listen I want to say something also about embarrassing people I feel like I could agree with what Ryan said because the other day I did not want to go to class, and <laughs> I did not want to go to class at all. Right, baby, it's too soon for this. I was just tired. <laughs> you like she acting like she a senior. You really acting like you got a senior I don't know. I was a senior last year. Two years ago. Okay, okay baby, so you acting like you senior now. Like this is senior itis. Like you, you be acting like you, me, JJ, or Ryan with the senior itis. No, I did not want to go to class. You still got dues to pay. <laughs> oh God! But I got my behind child at, so then I ended up going to class. I was angry when I went to class, but I still went. And I don't care about your little attitude. That's exactly how our parents would have told us. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care nothing about your attitude. You better fix your face. And then, yeah. so tell me why Tori texted me, pay attention to class. I was like, Because uh. I know you was in there with an the attitude like, man, I'm going to be here because I got to be here, but tell me I got to pay attention. Exactly. Because that'd be me. Man, I got to do this, but tell me I got to hurry up and do it. And then, then here come my mama. And you better hurry up. Don't be taking your time. <laughs> That's literally what she said. You better be on time. And you better be paying attention in class. And I was like, oh, What's the, You may God. as well have not went if you weren't going to pay attention. But also, another something on embarrassment, like, as a form of punishment. I think that can be, like, just as traumatic. Because I remember one time I was a kid. Yeah, like one time I was a kid, I was like playing with a little fuse box and like scaring my mom. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> okay, you were extra. <laughs> turning you off the like light. You but she put four pigtails on my head and connected them at the top. <laughs> oh yeah, I know the hair. I'm so mad. My mama ain't never did me like that. I feel like I'm still traumatized for that. Like, oh. like I would have wanted a spanking just for that. Um, as far as what I spanked my kids, um, I used to always say I wouldn't, but the sociology department here did a study, I think, three years ago, and they asked a bunch of students on campus, like, Do you, are you for, like, spanking your kids? And, of course, like, the students without kids all said no, and they interviewed people in the eco-village that had kids, and they all said yes, so it's like, I can't really say because I do not have kids, because they'll probably be trying. That's exactly why I said I'm going to try to not be my first resort, but, okay. Also, with embarrassing your kids, there's a fine line because some of y'all be going overboard 
And one thing is, is like, my mom never embarrassed me, but I couldn't stand when I could hear her talking on the phone, telling her friends, oh my, oh my business, oh bro. Like, that made me not, like, we already wasn't close and I wasn't telling you stuff because you didn't want to talk to me. But I really ain't tell her nothing. Like, my mom was the type that would sit there, go through my diary and stuff. Like, I ain't oh, even have wow. I had one for like a week. And I, and then my dad snitched and told me how she was going through. And I said, forget it. Forget <laughs> it. I ain't never have another one. Like, it was just, it was too, too much. So, like, when I be seeing them Facebook posts talk about something, you gonna snitch on your mom for this much? Yeah. For <laughs> years, she told my business for free. free. I don't care. Yeah. Run me my check. What you want to know? Her middle name? I got you. Right. I'm going to tell it. Yeah, I know. I know for me personally, like, I'll tend to be less inclined to, like, with my kid, like, um, with my kids or anything like that, just because um, I, f- I feel like if, because I have this philosophy that, like, if I just treat my kids like a damn adult, like a damn adult, that I feel like um, they'll be, like, a lot more receptive and, like, actually have, like, actual consequences and just, like, talking to them and making sure that um they fully get what they did was wrong or like why um certain things would not work in that way or just depending on the situation um but like i said i'm not a parent so it's not like um it was just like depend on situation however i just feel that like i can't report to, yeah i i, just, I don't think it's really physical violence yeah yeah because i don't feel like physical violence would, would be the first go-to or anything like that. So I tend to lean towards like, no, actually treat kids like many adults. Because I I have thoughts about that. Because right. like, that could also have negative consequences in terms of things. Yes. And so like, literally. Oh, so yeah. it's just like, <laughs> no, like you know, that's a fine line between like treating your child with respect and then treating like an adult. Like I won't mm. treat my children like adults because I don't want them to think one, I would like them to stay as young as possible because get old is is trash. This shit is trash. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. trash. This shit's oh. for the birds. I don't want them to go up until they really have to. But at the same time, I want them to treat I want to treat them with much respect to know like um, you know, have a conversation with me. Like, let's talk about the situation. Like let's, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm not gonna cut you, I'm not gonna degrade you, like call you like names and all that crazy stuff. No, but Let's just have a conversation. But I'm not gonna treat you like an adult neither because you ain't paying no damn bills. Oh, God. <laughs> so mean, until you start keeping some money for some bills, then I treat right. you like an But other than that, no. But I do have a question for y'all. Like, how, because like spanking and whoopings, like, how is how far is too far in beating your children? Like, how would you mm. personally do it? I like, feel like, because I've had some friends where I'm like, baby, your mother's abusive. Like, mm-hmm. that's yeah. crazy. Like, I know I've got my fair share of whoopings with a switch. I don't think that's too far. Now, if you hit your, now, if you, like, again, I feel like extension cords a bit too far, honestly. I feel like those are too far. Like, a regular belt, fine. A slip-up, fine. I got that. I got that on my hands. So, like, if it's on my hands, if it's on their hands, then cool. That's, that's, that's fine. You know, it's just. Things outside of those is too much, bro. Plastic hangers is too much. A crutch, oh, no. oh, no plastic hangers. Ooh. A crutch is too much. A crutch. Bless, look, my brother. Oh, no. He okay. 
he 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 was he was trying it, and my grandma just had had knee replacement surgery, oh. and that's what was closest to him. <laughs> so he got me with the crutch. Yeah, that was that was too far. That was that was damn show too far. Thankfully, again, she was recovering, so the swings weren't really up to par for her usual. So they they was up to par for her usual. Yeah, I would have had to call CPS. Like, mama, come get grandma. <laughs> like, mama, come get grandma. That that went too far. But yeah, the, the 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 whooping. Looking at it, it just looked like he got hit with a belt. Honestly, because she really ain't put no force behind it. I think he was more traumatized by the fact that it was a crutch than anything yeah, else. Because yeah. I was looking at it and I was like, Shane ain't swing backwardly. She went, his butt here, the crutch here. No, that's, that's not that's like, not yeah. no. Now, if it was all the way back here, yeah. I'm like, you going to fire grandma. Yeah. But literally, I just feel like, mm. also, I feel like, how are y'all gonna handle your kids? I feel like, are y'all gonna apologize? Like, other, like, yeah, it yeah, was gonna be included in that talk. Cause, like, one thing I couldn't understand is my brother, he was such a mama's boy and he was so weird to me because my mama would whoop him and he'd go sit right up under her. And I oh, couldn't no, understand no, that. No, no. I, go, I couldn't understand that because, like, my grandma, she would whoop me with a switch and then, you know, she'd be trying to rub the little cream on my back and my butt. And I'm like, man, don't touch me. We had friends right now. Don't try to be nice. And he'll go sit up under my mama, like, come on. No, baby, you're supposed to be thinking about running away. You're supposed to be in your room packing the bag. What's that little thing behind the door? You're supposed to be flicking that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, you want to go? No, you got it. Okay. So I know. So in um. Kenya, um, the term wikul, it means pretty much like a wooden stick. And it's, it's funny because, um, like, my mom, um, mm-hmm. so there's a, a Kenyan dish called mukimu, which is, um, I think it's like mashed potatoes, but um, you pretty much add um, peas and um, just peas, a lot of greens, and um, some beans essentially. And uh, every time, like, either my brother or my daughter gets, gets in some wild, something wild, like, my mom said, go bring my cool. Just come here. And, like, I had to bring it because it's, like, it's, like, a thin, like, um, stick. And she's going to just, like, wobble me with it. And I'm, <laughs> and it's funny because, like, literally, like, I don't care. She'll, she'll go and make it with the same stick. So, like, every time I got to, like, put something in, I was, like, I remember I just got my ass beat with this. Like, I just, like <laughs> this is terrible. It's like every like each time when I look at it now, I was like, damn, damn. I got I remember way too many ass whoopings with this. I think the most subtle thing a parent can do, and it wasn't even my parents, it was my grandma. When she get more mad because she broke her switch whooping you, oh, and now she gonna continue to ass whooping because you broke her good switch. I have to say <laughs> one thing. I never thought I'd get to college and get beat. Like it's not Child. like it's not. Like, I don't know how you survived. Like I'm telling you, you should have been, you should have been six feet under. Ain't no way I should have met you because you baby, some of the things you said to your parents, your grandmother. I don't know how you alive. You deserve I'm not gonna lie. Plus you a little hard headed. Like somebody will tell you to stop, and you will sit there still messing. With like bro, bro, you were that time you watched her. And I'm like stop, and she's still messing. With- so 
me and Toya are friends. So when we became friends, that first semester was like, I don't know. So when I came back this semester, it's like everything I did was a whooping. Yeah, because so. you don't listen. You don't listen. I say stop touching my phone, and you still tapping, fiddling it, and I'm trying to push your hand away. And eventually, I got tired of pushing your hand away. It's like, nice. Nice. <laughs> You just wasn't stopping. I was like, she just, you deserve it. You really deserve it. I'm like, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to And the crazy she thing is, is, it was never because something you said, because, bro, you had a mouth. It was never something you said. It's just because you kept fiddling after I pushed your hand away all the time. <laughs> this girl talking about some, what if I come over and make it snow in your kitchen by pouring sugar on your clothes? Oh, what? <laughs> what you oh, think? Oh, I'm going to beat you. Oh, I'm going to beat you. You got to clean it up. Because she said she did that. She said she, she said her and her sister did that when they was younger. Because oh. <laughs> they wanted it to snow. Thank you, baby. I was raised by a triple OGG double OG from back in the day. Like we got whooped, and I couldn't, baby. I wouldn't even thought to put them words together that you were putting together to speak to your parents. Telling your parents they should have kept their legs closed. What? I couldn't have mentioned none like that. Talking about, I'm not your slave. What? I said that to my parents. Oh, y'all both. Y'all both. I was really trying my parents sometimes. Like sometimes I would say something that I flinch just in case. <laughs> <laughs> and see, no, you're like my little sister, bro. She was such a drama queen. Like she didn't get half as many ass whoopers as she should have got for the same shit. Like the parents would get two, three hits in. And she'd be like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sound like you killing this girl. Meanwhile, they ain't even really hit her hard. Cause she's sitting there like ah, dying. I'm like, bruh. Knowing. And she was so sneaky and conniving because like my mom would tell her, Oh, we can't have this junk food or whatever. It's only for my mom. Three days later, she had come tell me and our brother talking about some. Oh, mom said we could all have one. Ooh, mom ain't never say that, but we believed it Ooh. because she always sat up under my mom and was like, my mama said this and my mama said that. She was conniving. She said, I ain't finna get my ass whooped by myself. <laughs> she was the whole time. I couldn't stand her when she was younger. Nah, I definitely doing what Ashley was talking about, like saying something and flinching. Like, <laughs> nah, I, I wasn't even gonna say nothing to make me flinch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Baby, yeah. my dad told my son, all right, you cruising for a bruising? <laughs> huh? When my dad say that, oh, I know it's serious because he don't even whoop us. So I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> Talking about he ain't here peep out of me for the rest of the day. <laughs> oh, you want thin ice? Don't worry about it. It's going to be real thick because you ain't going to hear nothing. <laughs> I'm going to say me, I got three other brothers and a younger sister. I'm going to say we are so blessed that we had each other. Back. We were like four years apart. so. Shoot, we were all getting whooped, but like oh, it was God. the big brother, so he was like taking the brunt of it. But then it was me who was taking those, so we all got smart and we like adjusted, so we knew what not to do to get beat. So I think that's what turned us into like good young men. Like I'm the Definitely. way I am. I was a bad kid. I I used to be doing the dumbest stuff for no reason, and I I look back at what I used to do, <laughs> and I'm like, 
bro. Really, <laughs> really. Like I used to act up in school. It used to just be asking for whoopings, and I don't understand what was going on. But we all be fed off of that. Like we see someone do something stupid and be like, "You're dumb. You're dumb." And then someone else would do something stupid, like, "Hey, you're dumb." I ain't had it like that. Like I was the oldest, and I wasn't even the one doing stupid shit. It was my siblings, and they're like, "Well, you were supposed to be watching them, so uh, now I got an ass whooping by default." My older what? brother did. He he be taking the flag for me and my younger brother. No, I wouldn't take <laughs> nothing for them. I got whooped because oh, well, you should have been watching that. How y'all, mama, daddy, y'all in the house with me? How was I supposed These to know that I was kids. on babysitting duty at that time? Like I used to hate it. My mom used to whip me because they did. Well, you should have been what? Mama, you was in the house too. <laughs> you was in the house too. Where your whooping for your son? <laughs> I used to hate it. Like I ain't even do nothing. Now my little brother, that man, he got so many IOUs because my mom just got up there and the military destroyed her back and she didn't have surgeries and stuff so he didn't got out of plenty of whoopings because that same day she get a phone call about him but she didn't also then went to the emergency room because of back spasm and everything so that man got out of plenty but he still got plenty like i don't know what it was but every year at the beginning of the school year he had to get that one good ass whooping because he always had to test his teachers like don't know why every year faithfully and it didn't stop till like middle school Dang. always he had to like it was so bad one year my dad said if i come up to this school i'm beating you in front of all your friends don't care and you know it's real when they threatened to beat him in front of the teachers <laughs> man this boy i don't even think he did something this day but my dad came to pick him up early for a dentist appointment he seen my dad and bust in the tears <laughs> my dad was like what you crying you did something huh i ain't get no call i came up here to check you out he was like oh Okay, but literally that boy every year faithfully had to get a whooping because he liked to test his teachers. For what reason? I don't know. He got away with stuff that like we used to get whooped for. Like I'd be like, but you whooped me for this. So why he ain't? Oh, okay. I used to get so mad seeing him. But he was he was the baddest out of all of us, honestly. He got the most whoopings. Then it'd be Kimon. Kiara got the least. I got plenty of whoopings by default. That wasn't mm-hmm. even the yeah, being older is just like a setup. You know, oh, God. <laughs> it's a setup. I'm in the middle, so shoot. Yeah, right. I, just, I, I, almost, shoot. Bruh, I will say this. I don't know what it is about that second child, but y'all are terrible. Okay, you may have been good, but in my family, that second child don't give no whatsoever. They don't got a single curse. And, uh, and my brother truly lived up to that. Cause man, like he wasn't even that problematic growing up. It was until that man got to high school and he got his last year. He just started wilding, and I was like, "Nigga, what? Do you not know our parents? Do you not remember these childhood whoopings? Like I was seeing the stuff he was doing. I was like, so you don't know? Our like, bro, that man literally." He started wilding out so bad that he got in trouble one day, and my dad literally said. Do not let me see your face for the next week because if I see you, I'm gonna beat you and fight you like a dude off the street. Like he had wild out so crazy. My dad was like, I can't see you and I can't even talk to you yet about what you've done because I want to fight you like a dude off the street. That yeah. man was wild and like crazy. He cool now. Keyword <laughs> now. Now, but man, he I don't think any of us could ever top all the stuff he's done. Even if we tried, which I never would, because I know still now my parents fight me if I went crazy. 
they had pull up on me here and Bria. <laughs> and they would pull up on me here and Bria. Where my tail out? And then mama cook me some dinner like she ain't just get done and beat me. <laughs> Oh God! That's what I say about mine. Meanwhile, I'm not even a fighter. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, but when it comes down to, I mean, exactly. I'm a lover, not a fighter. Like honestly, I don't even really fight for me because I don't care what other people say about me. I could get a crap less. Like baby, your words don't bother me, and I don't even like people, so it don't bother (laughs) me. It's really like any fight I got into is always because of my siblings because somebody was messing with them. But it's cool. Like my dad liked that, and that's how he raised us. Like. Yeah, we almost got kicked out. Look, we almost we got a strike. <laughs> we got a strike on base for fighting. My dad took us out for ice cream in a movie because we fought the other siblings. Oh, yes, I love that memory. Very fun. Can't nobody else beat us up. But I don't know. Like, did y'all fight with y'all siblings? Yeah, all the time. I feel like the t- the two youngest of my siblings they fought with each other. They're only two years apart. Like, it's me. Three years, then my brother. Three years, then my sister. Two years, then my brother. And like them two little, the little youngest one, that's only two years apart, bro. They was like weird. Like I know me and my brother, like we fought and we would like wrestle and push and everything. But them two little ones, like one moment they standing up, you look away. Next time you look back at them, they both on the floor with each other's hands wrapped around the other's necks. I'm like, y'all going too far with it. Y'all trying to choke each other out. Like y'all going too far. <laughs> By all means, do y'all little fighting because we all fight our siblings. But y'all going too far with each other's hands around y'all neck. I definitely fought my siblings. Like, it doesn't seem like it. I'm sorry. I've gotten into like three fights. Well, well no. Two in school. Your sister seemed like, bruh, she the boss. <laughs> your, bro, your sister seemed like she the boss in that house. In middle school, though, I was making her She run that house. Oh. Uh, well, now that you're our first episode of season one, hope y'all love it and keep checking season us out. Two, season two. <laughs> season look two. At that. See? Look at that. Look at that. Y'all got to give me a little grace because y'all came at me too hard when I said season one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but yes, this is our first episode of season two. Two. It was nice being back. Honestly, I missed these conversations. It was lit. We got our new members. And it was nice because I didn't know how this was going to go. Like yeah. It was just really interesting to see how all of our personalities and experiences mesh together. Still seem a little bit stereotypical black childhoods. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, more and more, I'm starting to think we just lost live the same life and we yeah. love it. Okay. But yes, definitely be on the lookout for episode two of season two. And you know, tell y'all people to listen up and follow. Yeah, hit us up on Spotify, hit us up on are we still on Apple Podcasts? Uh no. No, we were just on Google Podcasts. Yeah, just yeah, okay. Just just fuck with us on Spotify, fuck with us in the Google Podcast. Um I definitely had a fun time. Um, you know, meeting our new members and you know, seeing the whole like whole vibe and everything is really dope. Like honestly, like this is just spelled by by score awards because I know that's something that's always kind of around and all that. Like as you know, living in an African household, like a lot of stuff that like I've like went through that so might have this different expressions. This is totally the same thing for like, you know, Africans that happen to, you know, be here in the States and elsewhere. So it's like our experiences are more so the same. Um so it might express differently. So yeah. Y'all still get beat? Yeah, yeah, but some, sometimes <laughs> even higher degree sometimes. Bro, I, 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 I believe that every day.
Find us on, <laughs> bruh. Find us on Spotify at Melanated underscore memos, on Instagram at Melanated underscore memos, and yeah, we'll see y'all. It's lit. Peace. Yeah, it's, yeah.